0: Hey, everybody, this is Terrell Cummins. This is episode 33 of the Always Relevant Podcast. And day and I are on here today. We're here day late. We apologize once again. But there's some things that came up, and that's life. That's how it goes down. But we're pushing it, and we're going to get out here, and we're excited to record today. So uh, we're going to look at um, should the NCAA have allowed the SEC to have football, to resume football activities uh, before the other conferences uh, we're looking at the the final two episodes of The Last Dance, and just our overall thoughts on it. Um, we're looking at Marvin Lewis, and he ripped up he ripped the NFL regarding the minority hiring proposal that they just brought out. Um, University of Kentucky fired their head cheerleading coach and all their assistant coaches, basically for lack of team control, and a few other rapid fire topics we we'll to be talking about. Always interesting with the mess with your money with Rel, and you know, relax and take notes as always. So we're here. I said, we're a day late, but we're here. We're excited about it, and we hope you are, too. So, here we go. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. It's Jerrell Cummins and Dane DeMeo. This is episode 33 of the Always Relevant Podcast. What's going on, man?
1: Oh, man, nothing much. Starting to get some nice weather out here. It's coming to you again on Sunday afternoon. We apologize for that. That's my fault this week. Work's been a little busy, but we're still still getting it in.
0: That's right. We're still getting in, still making it happen. So it's all good. We we adjust and modify on the fly. And, uh, you know, we'll still try to make it as interesting as possible. So once we do this, we'll record it. I'll push it out as fast as I can and go from there. So, you know, on this, this Memorial Day weekend, we, we had some good weather. And actually, yesterday, it was actually raining yesterday. So, like, it was good for, like, Two thirds of the day, and then it started raining. And then yeah, there's a window of time where I grilled like burgers, Italian sausages, and cheesy nuts. Grilled those, got the grill covered, and literally, probably like, 15 minutes after I was done with that, it starts raining again. So <laughs> I found that window of time to get the grill going. It's a little bit nicer day today. It doesn't look like it's going to be raining or storm anytime soon, but I'm still checking the forecast. So once we're done, uh, on this podcast right now once to so get up and going i have some ribeye steaks to throw on the grill i'm just baked potatoes and way well, it's pasta salad and uh regular salad my parents are here so they're upstairs right now with the layman and the kids so i'm gonna not have this podcast so i guess that's gonna bring me around to how are you and how are you really and for me uh i'm doing all right school is you know school's coming along. I was I was telling Dane before the, uh, before we were on here that I was um, doing managerial counting last night at 3 a.m read, a, read through the chapter, did a, did a quick quiz. so I think I should be all right with that. and then I actually probably need to read the next chapter tonight or try to and I'm gonna try to do quiz number two before class on Wednesday. but the problem is I have surgery having my thyroid getting my thyroid removed on Tuesday. So I'm trying to knock all this stuff out like today and tomorrow. And in my other class, I had just actually a week break from that class. So, But I still have to meet in my group rather than Zoom meeting with my my small group in that class on Monday, like tomorrow at noon, to talk about a project. So good stuff. So how am I? I'm good. How am I really? I have no complaints. It's busy as normal. But like I said, that's the norm. We're getting used to it just trying to knock all this stuff out so I get that degree and uh, reap the benefits from that. So, Dane, how are you and how are you really?
1: Oh, man, I'm good, you know. Uh, well, we got some people uh, getting together today. It might be the first time I've done something since January. As you know, out here in Eastern PA, it's been pretty locked down. So that's starting, Uh, you know – tailor off a little bit. People, I think, uh, are just opening businesses and stuff anyway, despite the governor here. So, uh, right. you know, so it's good. So it's good. How am I really? I'm terrible because I still haven't seen the NFL do anything about James Harrison and Mike Tomlin. Unacceptable. You, Unacceptable. You might need to write
0: so, a letter to coach to uh, Roger Goodell and kick off that yeah. investigation and get it moving.
1: Yeah, this needs to be a nationwide uh event here we're gonna have to find some results and hold the Rooneys accountable for once in the NFL's history and uh you know we got the NBA season eventually coming back no news of LeBron returning to the Cavs so that's how I really am but I'll I'll stick with the first part you know I'm glad that you know stuff's going on I can go out and actually get a beer for a change right now now here in Ohio they've been
0: able to you're able to order beers to go So you order your food to go, you can order beers, you can order
1: margaritas to go and take it with you. So, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you can do that here too. You know, it's expensive. I mean, some of this takeout's getting expensive, but I understand, you know, we got to help the uh, small businesses. You know, and I haven't been eating out much, but I was at work late last night and uh, decided to get some wings from a local place, like 10 wings from a spot that's real good around here called 1760. Uh, as you can tell by the date, it's a old building, been there long established, you know, bar, restaurant type place. But it was like 15 bucks for 10 wings, dude. That's serious. That, that's that, uh, is, that is serious because I got uh, yeah, I
0: got, 10, I got 12 wings from Wingstock the other day, and it was like I don't know, it might have been 10, maybe 11. It wasn't bad, <laughs> it, it wasn't yeah. bad at all.
1: Yeah, so I understand they got to get their money while it's closed and stuff like that, but uh, that's why I can't do it all the time. That's uh, it's a little steep, but, you know, Saturday night, I could use some wings. It was all good. Glad to support some local business. I got you. I got you. That, that's understandable. That's understandable.
0: Yeah, I was just going to, today, we were just going to have the leftovers from yesterday, you know, burgers and then Italian sauces and cheesy mats. I was like, you know what? Let me go to a store and get some steaks and get some ribeye, so I have dropped a little bit of cash on that, but it's alright, I'm looking forward to it, so right now they're sitting there with the, the seasoning and, you know, they have olive oil all over it, so it's waiting for me to fire the grill and throw it out there, so I'm looking forward to that, for sure, and, you know, have my, my last meal, as it's going to have all my organs in place in my body, so. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but no, it's good. Let's move on to this topic, man. Like, um, I know through the pandemic we've been we've been short on sports, but you know, it looks like some of the sports are trying to kick things up. And one sport that's looking at everything is college football. And really the NCAA is kind of, I think, left it to the conferences as far as when they're starting up activities. The question is, like the SEC, they've allowed all they've allowed football activities to resume for the whole conference. Or they did it as a conference. Well, other conferences like the Big Ten, they would leave it up to the individual programs when they're actually starting and when they're not. And so the question is, is that really – is that an advantage or is that fair to other conferences? And if so, if not, then how could the NCAA have done something different to prevent it?
1: Well, in terms of Big 12, I don't think it's going to help their defense. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to have any impact on that whatsoever. So I think whether the Big 12 starts in September or they started two months ago, they're still not going to be able to stop any SEC teams or Big 10 teams from scoring 70 points. So from that standpoint, I don't think it's a competitive disadvantage or, you know, matters. But if you look at the conferences, uh, I don't. I think, you know, they should all have to start at the same time. I don't think in the Big Ten some schools should be allowed to start way before other schools. You know, football is definitely a team game. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. You know, there's 11 people on the field at one time. This isn't like the NBA. LeBron suiting up and he's got to score 50 against the Cavs, you know, whether he's practiced or not. You know what I mean? So, right, uh, right. Football, you know, there's a lot of stuff involved with that, a lot of people involved. you got to work together. I do think it's a big – uh advantage to teams that can start early if the whole SEC starts here on the 8th of June and the other conferences don't start yeah I think it's a, I think it's an unfair advantage and you might argue that the conferences you know they're like their own thing they can do what they want I understand that argument but I also would say that the NCAA is the governing body for all of them they're the ones that kind of determine who's in the you know, title game or final four, and what bowl games you get. There's a lot of money involved there, so because of that reason, I think everybody should have had to start at the same time, right? Ideally. And I wonder if I wonder if that was even the thought
0: to the NCAA. I wonder if they like thought we need to make sure that everybody starts on time, so no one gets any kind of unfair advantage, even if it's just practices, like having live practices in person. You know, someone obviously the teams can still get an unfair advantage as far as doing that, getting the playbooks, getting able to get out there on live bodies and be able to work through that process. And I don't even know how it does anything with recruiting. Because I know they they extended the dead period to where coaches can't – where coaches can only communicate with players via, I think, text message or email, maybe FaceTime as far as doing that. So I don't think it affects anything really differently as far as recruiting um, because the kids can't go on visits necessarily to the to the school as of right now but yeah as far as actual practicing activities i think definitely gives the sec a leg up which they're always trying to find they always seem to be ahead of the curve as far as that and they you know push an envelope as far as what's allowed and what's not um but you know they they they're obviously once again they're all on board and you know they're out to win games and make money that's what they do
1: Yeah, and you just brought up a great point, money. The NCAA don't care who starts and who doesn't. All they care about is what what them zeros look like at the end of their bank account. They don't care about nothing else. They don't care about fair competition or illegal players. As long as their big market teams are in the big market games and they're making money, that's all they care about. So I don't think that's a concern of theirs. Right. So I, I, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree. And I
0: don't know. You would think that they will want, you know, if they want everybody, you know, to make money,
1: bring everybody in. You think they want everything back up and running as fast as possible for everybody. But, you know. Well, I think they're assuming the games are going to happen. Whether one conference starts three months ahead of another conference, I think is irrelevant to them because they're going to make their money anyway as long as the games are played. So I don't think they care. So, quite my- honestly. Was-
0: All right. So, my question is with the whole pandemic thing and everything, think about on the football team if one player gets the coronavirus, just say just one. And so they have to be quarantined for 14 days. That means anybody they've been in contact with has to be quarantined for 14 days. And that's everybody on the football team. So, what happens then? Are they 14 games or what? I mean, that's legit. Like, there's, you know, what can you do about that?
1: Well, but I that, mean, here's the deal. Like, you know, if somebody on your team gets sick with, like, the flu, I think it's happened to everybody, right, where a player gets sick right. and other players get sick maybe from it. I think eventually it's going to have to go like that where, you know, you just play anyway because, you know, quite honest, I mean, I'm no doctor, no scientist. I'm not sitting here saying I know exactly this or exactly that, although I would argue that nobody else does if you watch any TV. But, uh, I would right. say, you know what I mean? But oh, yeah. I, I would yeah. say you got to just get to the point where you got to, you know, we got to live the lives you got to play ball and, uh, got to take the risks with it because, uh, you know, they've never fixed the flu flu comes out every year. Yeah. You can go get a shot at CVS where they guess what strain it might be, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what this is going to be. I think the COVID, it's either going to go away completely or it's just going to be one of the things that keeps coming back, like the flu, and, you right. know, now, unfortunately, uh, the flu kills a lot of people, and I think this is going to kill a lot of people for years to come, and I just don't think there's anything we're going to be able to do about it.
0: Now, honestly, I think as far as, like, professional sports, I think that's, that is what will happen. I think the one main difference with college sports is parents still have a say as far as what the kids do and if their kids are going to be playing and what kind of vibe they have their kids in. Um, so, I know, yeah, I'm sure some parents say, oh, yeah, let them play. I'm not sure other parents say, no. Like, my kid's going to be quarantined if that's going to be the case or whatever, or we'll pull them. So, I wonder
1: if what happens. Maybe at the smaller school levels and stuff like that, but uh, I don't think so at the big level where money's what matters. I don't see it happening there yeah Uh, let's face it the power five is essentially a big business just like the nfl so i don't i mean like i said i think eventually everything's just gonna have to go back to you know i don't want to say new normal i hate that term or it's good there's gonna have to be some kind of back to normal business with like safer practices you know like you know, the social distancing and maybe masks and stuff like that. But eventually things are going to have to go back to somewhat normal. And you're not going to just constantly be shutting down games and seasons because one person may be exposed to something I don't think we're ever going to get rid of. Now, did you see the Ohio State's
0: already factoring in having people come into their stadium with social distancing that they can still hold twenty to 30,000 people with social distancing?
1: Yeah, all these teams now are looking how they can still make some money off the seats and uh, how they can get some of that home team advantage with fans, you know, that's out there. So, uh, this is, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see see what happens. But, I mean, think all the money you're losing. You got a 110,000 seat stadium and you can't sell any tickets. For games, the money losses are going to be massive. It's 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 going to be ugly still. It's going to be ugly this whole year because if you can't sell tickets to the games and sell the concessions and all that, I don't know how everybody expects to get paid full price. Like we talked about the baseball a little bit last week. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to get ugly still, in my opinion. Now, think about it. Like, think about all the programs that started
0: to get cut because – the NCAA basketball season ended where a lot of teams, a lot of athletic programs get their money. Think about football programs not being able to have even like a fraction of what they normally bring in on a regular basis. How many other programs are probably going to get cut?
1: Yeah, Yeah, so the main sports won't get cut. You brought up a good point. The main sports, I mean, the University of Akron, I believe, already cut four sports, saving them $4 million.
0: Right. I know Uh, like University of Cincinnati, they cut men's soccer. You know, and they're a solid program. You know, they had scholarships. You know, they had a good team. They were building their program. But that saved them like, I think, $2.2 million or something like
1: that. You know, just by cutting that sport. So I'm surprised they cut soccer. I think Akron cut like men's tennis and and, – or was it women's tennis? They cut a couple things. Uh, I'm surprised soccer got cut. But, yeah you know I'm, I'm surprised to you
0: yeah I was I was surprised to see that's where it cut you but you know for whatever reason I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure they looked at the stats and the data and for them I guess it was the best option so but yeah I'm yeah, no, you
1: know, no, cutting a sport though that draws in some fans and stuff like that like Akron you cut golf you know I can't imagine you know tons of people showing up for golf and it was a big revenue generator but you know you never know.
0: Right, right. So, but yeah, no, sorry. I know the conversation took a left uh, kind of from the, the original topic, but yeah, ultimately, the NCA should have figured out a way to get all the conferences to start at the same time. It does give the SEC an advantage, as always. So, you know, even it's just in the playbook, you know, doing spring practices or whatever, it, it puts them ahead for sure. So, all right. So, the last dance. Episodes nine and ten played this past weekend. What are your thoughts? How like I guess overall, I should, I should ask overall. What were your overall thoughts about the documentary?
1: Uh, great television. You know, uh, I would argue, like a lot of people has, it isn't like a traditional documentary because the main protagonist not only has the final say, but it really is. Jordan's perspective of it Phil Jackson's to a certain extent, you know, and they interview Rodman Pippen stuff, but it's really Jordan's interpretation of those years. And, right. you know, Stephen a Smith brought up a good point when he said that uh, no one would care if Jordan wasn't involved with the project. Like if they'd have done this project and Jordan wasn't involved, nobody would have cared. Right. You know, right. so, you know, that's kind of his right. So, I mean, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great to watch. I can understand why some people are upset. But I'm going to defend Jordan on some of this stuff and just say that, you know, the stuff actually did happen. Pippen did have the migraine game and came out of the game. He did not go in when the coach told him to go in because he was upset he didn't get the final shot. He was, you know, out for the final games against the Jazz with a back injury and couldn't help the team. So it's not like this stuff didn't happen. It's not like we're going out. He, Jordan was out there, and you know, flat out lies. Like this stuff happened. Now, Horace Grant, de- uh, you know, debates the fact that he was the one that leaked all that information about the biography. You know, but that's something different in terms of just what actually happened. If Pippin's upset about it, it actually did happen. Maybe it's Pippin's upset because you know it was, uh, you know. Main a main focuses of the games, you know, that maybe make Jordan look better, possibly. You know what I mean? But you know, right. what do you? Yeah, no, I I think so. I was wondering because, like, you know, Jordan always says, you
0: know, you know, Pippen's guy. You know, he couldn't done any of this without you know Pippen right there with him the whole way. So I wonder if this kind of if he if Pippen got like an advanced screening of this, or if it was this week watching it, or these past few weeks watching it. The first time he got a chance to to actually sit down and watch it as well. Uh, well, from everything. what I
1: understand, it was everybody's first time watching it other than Jordan.
0: Right. So that's that's tough. I mean, I guess they all figure Jordan kind of does what he wants. Like, what are you going to do about it it's Jordan? You know what I mean? Because that's just what it is. But man, it's just interesting as far as at least Pippen, because I feel like Pippen like, was his dude and he's like, hey, this, we're going to bring up some stuff from the past or whatever. It just it kind of is what it is. You know, we don't want to make anything personal about it, but it's what happened during this whole thing, so.
1: Yeah, it was know. great kind of reliving it, but I, the whole thing, you know, like, uh, you know, because that was my – grow, you know, I grew up during the Bulls dynasty, and it was just great to watch then and then get some behind-the-scenes stuff on some of the stuff that happened, Uh, I mean, it was just, I I loved it. I mean, I'm actually bummed out. Like that's what I look forward to on Sunday nights to watch. I mean, (laughs) it's over now, but uh, I mean, it was excellent. Like I said, it's a lot of, it It was Jordan's thing, but you know, Jordan's kind of a private person. So for him to go out and say a lot of the stuff he did and now you're reading these articles that are saying, I, I told you, I read that article that they said that, Bulls won in spite of Jordan acting like he did with his teammates and stuff like that because, you know, people look at things differently than they did back then.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. For
1: sure. you know,
0: so. No, I'm I'm with you there. I mean, things were different back then, and he honestly was just pushing them, and he's like, all right, I'm going to win with you guys without. And the one thing is he probably was – saying whatever he said to the teammates and he's just trying to push them through but he was always probably the one that was you know leading the charge on doing the work in the offseason or you know doing the work in practice and, and whatever else so you know, I have a feeling he wasn't just talking it he was he was walking it too and that's probably why everybody on their team dealt with it because like well he's out here doing it he's out here showing up you know we have to as well
1: yeah and And, you know, what? people are like, you know, man, they should do documentaries on this now and that. I'm sitting here thinking, man, the that Bulls, particularly that last three teams was just like a unique situation, was perfect for a documentary. You got one of the iconic sports figures of all time. You know, you got Dennis Rodman, who's probably the most, uh, I don't know, just crazy situation. You know what I mean? Like just different kind of dude. Yep. And you have all that. You have the greatest NBA coach that ever coached. I don't think that's really debatable at this point. Then you have, you know, the Pippen situation, all the players that were involved, like Steve Kerr and everything. Like, it's just great for television. I don't, I can't think of another team that would be that good. But, you know, Jordan gets a lot of heat, but you don't think Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Larry Bird, I mean, it's not like those guys were easy on their teammates either. The coaches weren't easy on them back then. So, I mean, it was just a different time.
0: Right. No, I I agree with that for sure. 100% there. So, uh, you know, it was crazy going back, reliving it, looking, you know, watching, you know, the Bulls play against the Jazz and kind of what their thoughts were about the whole thing. And, you know, just – yeah, everything they had to go through just to win those championships. And the Jazz were—they were good teams. They took them to the break, you know, two different seasons, you know, in a row. And you know, I I like the Stockton Malone com- combination. I kind of wish they would have got a championship, but they just ran to the wrong team in the finals those two years. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just bad luck. As far as that, yeah,
1: so. yeah. And then you know, I've read some stuff where like they were like, did the Bulls actually beat a superstar team? It's like. I don't understand what, what some of these arguments are. Like, you know, they played a really good Supersonics team, a really good Jazz team, a really good Suns team. They beat the Lakers, though, it was towards the end of their dynasty at the beginning, you know. Right. They beat really good teams. Like, did they beat a, you know, Golden State Warriors team like we just seen? Well, nobody probably has because that might have been the best team to ever play. I would argue that. But, right. uh, you know, I I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I I think you know. I don't think you can question the competition they face. The Eastern Conference used to be the tough conference, not the West. You know what right. I mean? So
0: yeah, I and mean, just for them to get there, I mean, the back the day, you know, or even trying to get to over the hump, they had the Bad Boys and Detroit Pistons to even get there. They finally got over that hump, and then they have to go through you know the Knicks for those seasons, and then they had to go through the Pacers, who the Pacers were really good. Like they were fun to watch. You know, that Reggie Miller, you know, Davis, you know, the Davis brothers, you know Rick Smith, Chris Mullen, Mark Jackson, Jalen Rose, I mean, they were stacked as far as that squad. And, you know, the Bulls somehow figured out a way to get through them again. So, I mean, they had, I think they, either way, they earned it getting there. You know, the main difference is there's not like a bunch of guys like, hey, let's get together and have a super team or whatever. It's just, it's, just, it's a different time now as far as that. So,
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the East used to be tough. I mean, you go back to the first part of their dynasty, you know, you had the Bulls, the Pistons, the Celtics, the Cavs were really good back then. Yeah, uh, The East used to be where it was at. So, uh, yeah, I just, I don't think you can question the competition. That Pacers team was good. They had to beat some pretty good Knick teams led by, you know, Patrick Ewing Uh I think one of the things that would have been interesting is if Houston was able to get back to the title game after winning it two years in a row to play the Braves. Right. That would have been something to watch.
0: Yeah. That would, that, would have been, that would have been really good to see as far as that. I mean, it's just tough because like Barkley was kind of on you know, – it was on his last leg you know, there in Houston. Oh, but. Right.
1: There's actually an article today that Barkley says that wouldn't even have counted if it would won that ring because he was so done by then.
0: Right. Right. So – I mean, that's just tough. And then Drexler, he was older too. Like they basically were on the back of Elizjuan. They had those all those players like Mario Elie and Sam Cassell and Kenny Smith. But I don't think that Robert, or- yeah, Robert Ory. That's true. Yeah, Big Shot Bob. Can't hate on that. But oh, that would be It would be interesting to see though. It definitely been interesting to see because if Jordan wouldn't, wouldn't have retired, if he would have stayed, you know, would the Rockets even have won? I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say for sure, but.
1: Yeah. So, I guess let's go back in. We kind of touched on it. What do you think about Jordan's teammates coming out and crying in the media and Horace Grant's talking about some time Jordan wouldn't let him eat on the airplane or something like that? And he (laughs) said, if that really would have happened, there would be no Air Jordans right now. What do you think about that?
0: I don't know. Like, to me, like, Horace Grant sounds bitter, you know, because – I think when he was there, I think he was glad he part of championship teams, but I think he thought that he was – he should have had a bigger role and had a bigger name than what he did. I think he's just – I think ego kind of got in the way for him. Whereas Pippen, I think Pippen had ego, but he knew that Jordan was number one, and that's just how it was going to be. And I think for a while, Grant couldn't get past. I think Grant thought that he was on a different level than what he really was. When he he's really just a dude back in, you know be a power forward and get boards and play defense, maybe run the floor. But he wasn't Jordan.
1: You know who I thought was kind of conspicuously absent from all the interviews is where was Luke Longley, man? That was like their 7-2 center and it was just dominant, man. And he was nowhere to be seen in the documentary from an interview perspective. Yeah. Now, was he working or something. Yeah. Or he's something, right? He might not be he might be over back in this country, who knows? But Yeah, he might be back in Australia. I don't know what he's doing right now. I forget where he's from. Was it Australia? Yeah, I can't he's remember from, where he was from.
0: Yeah, he's from Australia. So I, mean, yeah. I think he's, he's back there doing that. I mean, they had a lot of Bill Wennington in there, have a little bit of, of Will Purdue. You know, I was waiting for them to have with Cliff Livingston. You know what I'm saying? so yeah. back to Cliff Livingston or bring back that like, was it, Scott Bennett? Remember him?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, they talked to Bill Cartwright, too, and I just was kind of surprised Luke Longley, who was like the main main center in the later years, uh, wasn't part of that because he was a big part of those teams. He made some yeah. big plays.
0: Yeah, he he really was. Honestly, I just had Tony Kukoc because you know, he was good. He was kind of the future and everything, but it's just crazy, you know, just how – I don't know. It's just the whole, the whole documentary was interesting. You know, I enjoyed watching. It was crazy. I wish, you know, unfortunately that you know, he had passed away, but I would love to have heard perspective from Jerry Krause. You know what I mean? Because obviously they well, have everything I, that they say now and everything. But like I would just love just to hear what he had to say. See if he would have done anything different now. You know, hindsight 2020 if he would have done anything different or if he would have treated the situation the same way and told everybody, this is the last season no matter what, and I'm br- I'm blowing it up and we're rebuilding.
1: I don't think this documentary gets released if he's still alive and can put his opinion out there. Right. Uh you know what was interesting on Twitter, Terry Pluto, one of the big Cleveland writers who uh covered the Cavs, obviously. And back then the Bulls used to play the Cavs six times in regular season and then, you know, usually ten times because they met in the playoffs. And he said Krause got a bad rap in that documentary. He actually wrote an article on it, uh saying, you know, he was actually really good at his job and was really kind of a nice guy. And he got Crucified in this documentary, you know what I mean, and he's not around to defend himself. I don't even know if this documentary gets made while he's still alive, but you never know. Now, one other thing—what were you going to say? I say even at the end, though, even Scottie Pippen said, "Hey, Jerry Krause,
0: for everything we've said, he might be one of the best GMs of all time to put this team together." He even admitted that at the end, but. I don't know.
1: He failed to capitalize off that success, but you know what was interesting while I was reading? I had no idea he went back to baseball as part of those Yankees teams. Oh, really? But, yeah. So, he actually, after he got fired by the Bulls in 2003 or something like that, he went back to work for the, look like the Yankees. And they won a title in 09, so... Uh, yeah, he actually went back to baseball. He wasn't able to rebuild the Bulls. You know, a lot of the documentaries were rebuild. We're going to rebuild. It never happened.
0: I uh, mean, this is hard to follow up from having the Hall of Fame
1: cast that he had. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Bulls haven't been very good since. Uh, they were good when Derrick Rose first came out until injuries took him down. So the Bulls have kind of had a long drought now at this point of uh media party. Uh, mediocrity to subpar basketball. But I was going to say one thing that was neat about the documentary that I did not know. The dream team practices and the space jam basketball sessions of competitive basketball with all the top players going full go. That right. would never happen today. Oh, yeah. Never. No,
0: not at all. Not at all. Like, I think I saw a documentary talking about like the, the greatest game I've ever played was in the, the practice where it was like, what was it? It was like Magic and Barkley, and I forget who oh, else. It was like, yeah, the dream came against like Jordan, and I forget who was on his squad. And Magic and then were winning at first and running it, and then all of a sudden Jordan just took over and showed he was he was definitely the best player in, in the in the league at that point.
1: Yeah, I just thought it was great during the space Jam filming where they they had the court there and everybody was coming and balling out like on right. this makeshift yeah. court on the set of the movie, like. Right? And then the fact that, like, guys didn't miss games. You know, like, they played every game. So, you knew if you were buying a ticket to that game, you were going to get to see him play. Right. As much as I think Kawhi Leonard is a bad man, and this is another conversation, but I just think it's important to how different eras. He only plays, like, 50 games a year. So, right. if I pay $1,000 or actually it's multi-thousand dollars for seats on the floor to watch the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George take one of their games off, I'm not happy about it. Back then you got your money's worth, man. Them guys were playing.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's definitely different now. You have to you hope you pick the right game. You know? And if you want you want to make sure that you know it's gonna be one of those big games, you know, make sure you're there for that. But that's more money out of your pocket. So I mean it, that's that's tough to try to to try to pick that one out.
1: Yeah, I mean, even even guys not playing, like, you know, this year Milwaukee and the Lakers were supposed to play on Saturday Night on ABC, and I was excited to watch. And then you find out the Greek freak and LeBron are playing. So it just went from must-watch television to not – I'm not even turning it on. Right. So yeah. the NBA has got to fix that problem. I think that's one of the things that hurts it compared to how it used to be.
0: Yeah, and I know they're talking about, like, getting rid of, like, back-to-backs and all that stuff, you know. But, they can't. I don't think they can be like – there's not going to be way you have to play it every single game. They're not going to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, they used to play three games in a row, so it's kind of crazy.
0: So I think they, I think that's just part of the the labor union agreement there. I just don't think that's happening. I don't think, it, I don't think they're going to be going back to those times anytime soon.
1: No, no, but I, I, but like I said, to go back to the documentary, we agree. What horse grants bitter? Oh Pippen's yeah, Pippin's upset, but you know Pippin can't deny the facts, so. Yeah, he came out wow, of the fast. That is what
0: it is. I know kids' Perkins came on saying that Jordan kind of broke the rules, of the locker room and everything. I think we was talking about calling
1: the Bulls okay. the cocaine cowboys or whatever when we first got there. Okay. Chicago's Cocaine Traveling Circus or something.
0: Yeah, whatever it was. I don't know. But, I mean, it was kind of common knowledge. That's, that's how the Bulls rolled, you know, and that's what they did. And
1: I don't know. I, I just... Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, if it was during the season, yeah, you don't do that. But this happened in, what, 83, 84? Yeah. Like, at this point, no, it's not breaking locker room code at this point. Right. right? It's old news, right? Right. And it's, it appears everybody knew it was happening. So, you know, I am you know, I, I don't know. I think when you're talking about stuff that happened years ago and you want to put it out there, I, yeah, at, the, at that point, I don't think it's a big deal. Right, right.
0: No, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. So, But, no, great documentary. You know, obviously these times we don't have sports. It was a great fill-in, at least. You know, normally this time there's baseball, uh, NBA playoffs are starting to come up around the corner. Typically we would have the Olympics this year. You know, we have nothing right now. So this is a, a huge up, and they bumped it up to make it happen. So big up to ESPN for that. Um, all we have today now is – I don't know, NASCAR. and Korean baseball. Korean baseball. That's it. Oh, and and German Bundesliga soccer. We got that too right yeah. now. No fans in the stands, though. No fans. But, <laughs> all right. But uh, I don't know. I think you sent me this article talking about, like, Marvin Lewis ripping the NFL and their minority hiring proposal, basically saying if, what, if teams – if they hired a minority coach or GM that they would get, I don't know, they'd be able to bump their draft stock up, or their their draft their third round draft takes up 10 spots or something like that. Uh, I, yeah. I, mean, I didn't catch the whole thing. But either way, it's crazy to say, to think that they're gonna, you know, they're not even trying to really solve the issue overall. They're just trying to, you know, check the boxes and then encourage by offering draft picks or higher draft picks you know, said is going on the mayor of the, of the coach, of the GM, you know, so that that's I me. Mean, that's tough to see. You, you'd hope that they would want to actually try to, you know, fix the actual problem versus just trying to throw something like this at it.
1: Yeah. Marvin Lewis came at this hard, uh, you know, former Bengals coach, Ohio guy, you know, um, uh, you know, for being in Cincinnati so long, it's one of the reasons we're talking about it. But he called these like Jim Crow type laws, like he was fired up about it. Yeah. Uh, sure. And, and you know what? I, I, I agree with him a lot of what he said. Like, I completely agree, like he does, that, you know, maybe making, Two minority interviews a requirement instead of one. I mean, most companies have to interview different, you know, di- have, you know, with diversity and all that kind of stuff, which is important. And you know, Marvin Lewis says that's good, but I think Marvin Lewis is saying if you're giving a competitive advantage for just making a hire like that, that that's not right. Is essentially right. what I was from it. What about you?
0: Yeah, no, yeah, that that's exactly what I took from it as well. And I said I agree with you when he said that. You know, the the two. You know, interviews at least for minority two minority interviews would be good, which because it's going to give you give the NFL a deeper dive into the minority coaching and potential GM pool versus what they would have with just one, if anything. You know, to see you know who really is capable, who who does have, you know, who should deserve an opportunity to get their foot in the door with one of these teams or one of these front offices. So you know, I definitely think that that could be the case there. You know, it's still like I said. In, in a league that's predominantly, I guess, predominantly minorities, you know, you think that there would be more coaches, at least, at least head coaches, you know? But.
1: Well, one time it was trending trending that way. Uh, it's really been the last three years it's really gone back down, right? Right. I don't have the right. exact statistics, but. Uh, the only minority coaches left is the guy with the San Diego Chargers. I forget his name. I don't know why I forget it The second. You don't remember. You know no. what I'm talking about. I can't yeah, think of his name. name. I can't
0: think of my name. And
1: uh, who else? There's somebody else. I can't remember. I think there's only two, right? Minority 40. head coaches. Oh, and Ron Rivera in uh, Washington. So, I think there's only three right now,
0: right? Right. Right. So, who's, who's yeah, you know, the, the, coach, the coach of Miami? The coach of Miami. That's oh, yeah, team.
1: yeah, yep, Flores.
0: Yeah, Flores. So, but yeah, no, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, I, I, maybe it was just the, the luck where they went backwards or what. But even coaches like Eric wouldn't. He, he didn't even get interviews for head coach position. He was the offense coordinator from the Chiefs,
1: you know? I believe the Browns talked to him. Now, you know what's you know, we hear about all this stuff, but the Ohio teams have actually been pretty yeah. solid minority hires. You know, Marvin Lewis was with Cincinnati for, what, 16 years? Yeah, and definitely. The Browns, have had, Browns have had minority GMs and coaches, and mm-hmm. they have a minority GM. So the Ohio teams have, you know, have lived up to the standards in terms of what the NFL would like to see. Right. Uh I, I I agree with Marvin Lewis. So I think you, you get into some slippery territory when you start giving competitive advantages for hires. I, yeah. I don't, he, he's probably right. Yeah I, think, yeah, I think he's definitely right.
0: Overall, I think it's just, it's, it's kind of it's a slap in the face. You know, it just is. Like, I like, think
1: he takes it. When you read it, he's upset about it. I think that's kind of how he looks at it. You might be yeah. right.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So. We'll see what uh,
1: happens. It's not official yet, but we'll 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 keep you posted.
0: Yeah, no, I, I know that they they uh, I guess they tabled the question or the whatever for now. They're going to bring it back up. I don't know if it's owners' meetings or whatever is supposed to be, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely bring it back up. We'll see what happens here in the future. But um, yeah, came across this article. I know you you brought it to my attention. University of Kentucky athletic department fired their head cheerleading coach and all assistant coaches basically for lack of team control. I don't know if there was like some kind of nudity scandal or the cheerleaders were partying and drinking alcohol too much and it was on social media or it was for hazing. I've seen different things out there for it. Either way, it's crazy to me that that athletic department would fire the whole staff. Like I don't get it. If it was a football program, which football programs and basketball programs go with all kinds of stuff. But I'm sure it was way worse than this. Just for, if, if, if it was just really like kids partying, and drinking, and nudity from them, okay, but it, to me, that's just, it baffles me that, that they would fire the whole coaching staff over this. when I know that there's way worse things going on with their other, we'll call it major athletic programs. Completely not fair to those coaches.
1: Yeah, sounds like they're having a time in Lexington, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it sounds, like,
0: yeah it sounds like they're having a great time in Lexington, but man, I wonder how the kids feel because like they were trying to say, you know, we don't want our coaches fired. They had different alumni saying the coach could be fired and the, the coach should be fired. It was not fair and everything. I don't think it is fair. Like, it's it's completely crazy. I did, to do that.
1: I, yeah. I was wondering, though, when I was reading this stuff, with some of the wording, I wonder if it's because maybe they were partaking in it too. Yeah. I, know, I was
0: kind of wondering that, too. But I never got, like, a clear picture of that. Like, if that was the case or not, I don't know. Because, you
1: know, a lot of the cheerleading coaches just I've seen in the past are pretty freshly out of college themselves. They're almost peers. You know what I mean? Right. Well, you got to think about that, like, with, like, the grad assistants
0: from different football programs that are hanging out and doing that kind of thing, too. You know? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. So, uh, I just think this is crazy, but I, I don't think we're getting the whole story you don't just fire everybody for cause without having some real cause. It's different outside of the norm. So right. I don't know if we're getting the whole story on this, but uh, it, it's crazy though. Like I'm reading this. It was like a main ESPN article. You know, Kentucky fires the entire cheerleading coaching staff. How often right. do you see that going on? You know, that's yeah.
0: crazy. Right. No, I guess it does go back to um, – it was investigation into a crate and they say it was a, a team Lake retreat back in February. So I guess at this recruit, at this retreat, there were team members are being forced to drink, perform top or and bottomless cheerleading stunts. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. if This is the head coaches involved in, in these or not. Now it was, if that was really the case. All right. It, it's probably more understandable. Or whatever, as far as doing that. I wouldn't I would think that the head coach wouldn't would separate themselves from any activities like that. Even if they knew what was going on, they pull Rick Patino and just be like, I don't want to know. You know, I know what's going on. I don't want to know. But that's still.
1: Well, I can tell you that, if this stuff was going on in Alabama with Nick Saban, they wanted to fire Nick Saban for this. No. I can tell you that. Hundred percent would not have fired him, and you know they definitely they definitely would not fire John Calipari.
0: Definitely, no, not. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> no, not happening at all. But I know no, no, we'll we'll see we'll see what other you know we'll see what other um, news and information comes out as far as this particular issue. Um, I just that's right.
1: Better keep it classy out there in the NCAA cheerleading ranks. Here they're after you.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, hey, y'all better pay attention to what's going on, for sure. For sure. All right. Let's um move real quick into some rapid fire topics. Uh, first of all, uh earlier this week, uh, Jerry Slim, uh former coach of Utah Jazz, and he was actually probably the first player to have his um, Jersey retired with the Chicago Bulls, uh, passed away. Uh, this week he he was I believe seventy-eight years old and he was he coached jazz for over 20 years. Uh, was a fixture there in Utah, and obviously he's a Hall of Fame coach. Um, I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame player or not, but, you know, he was tough, hard-nosed, uh, good coach. I think players respected him, and, um, you know, it's unfortunate that he had passed away. And then also Eddie Sutton, former Oklahoma State uh, basketball head coach, uh, former U.K. basketball head coach prior to all the scandal and everything like that. Uh, but he had over – I think he had 806 wins over his career. Um, he had passed away this week. I think he's – they say he's 84 years old. I think he passed away yesterday.
1: Um, yeah, very controversial tenure at Kentucky, but he won a lot uh, in all his years of coaching. He only had two losing seasons in Division One, And, uh, you know, he made Oklahoma State a relevant basketball program. So, yeah, he's uh, going to be put in the Hall of Fame this year. And just to mention Jerry Sloan, definitely one of the classy, all time great, one of the all time great coaches in the NBA. Yeah, he came up short on the big one, but, you know, he spent his entire career with the Jazz. I mean, how often do you see people do that now? It's, uh, it's a good story. Right,
0: right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, let's see. Saw article out there LeBron James holding private maker workouts with COVID 19 testing
1: so <laughs> yeah man. How'd they get tests. how'd lebron get testing i guess it's good to be the king right
0: good to be king especially out in la so he's got people everywhere and he's holding these <laughs> workouts he's not holding one for like once a month and he's got to be holding multiples he's got to have somebody that's got some it's got some tests on standby so i mean it's it, like i said
1: money does wonders right yeah he definitely makes a point to uh every time you're clicking on you know news now and stuff the to make a point or a Twitter of him with his shirt off in like every picture, he's getting worse than Vladimir Putin, man. He's got to have his shirt off all the time now, <laughs> showing everybody like, yeah, I'm in shape, I'm ready to go, let's do this.
0: Yeah, it's hey, just hey, hey, all challenges welcome. He's like, let's go, it's go time. So he wants season to see go back, that's for sure. He's ready to go. He wants his team ready to go. He wants that chip. You know I mean, he wants to be considered – I'm sure he wants to be considered the best of all time, but he can't do that without at least two more championships, at least two more championships. Because then at least he's yeah. taken he, – at least he's taken three different teams and won championships those, of those teams. And he – I don't know if he'll equal Jordan the championships. I think that'll put him at five, right?
1: Two so, more and put him at five, yeah. Not at least him um, jordans it's hard to top his flawless record of six for six in the NBA Finals with six MVPs. I don't i don't know if anybody will ever do that. You might be able to argue like, you know, skipping them or arguing their day. He's a better basketball player. Maybe you could argue that. But I think you could almost argue that the greatest and best could be a little different. The greatest player won six titles in six, you know, six years, six-time MVP. I right. mean, yes. hard to top. Yeah, it's hard to talk that. It's hard to, to think about what
0: Jordan would have done playing with the rules that are happening now in the NBA. And he, I mean, He'd
1: probably been insane. You know what I mean? We so. don't have to worry about it anyway because LeBron ain't beating the Clippers. So that's my <laughs> prediction. You ain't got to worry about this debate. You're not oh, even yeah. going have to have to happen.
0: <laughs> well, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm interested to see what happens at that point then. So.
1: I just told you what's going to happen. Right, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I'm calling it. Go to Vegas, put your money on it right now. Clippers over Lakers.
0: Clippers over uh, Lakers. Dane that's says it.
1: Old prediction. Any sane NBA fan should be writing that down right now. The mm-hmm. biggest LeBron fan ever should know that's going to happen. We'll, we'll, he- we'll get to that later. We'll definitely get back to this.
0: Hey, you know, yeah. who's, you know who's not a LeBron fan? Paul Pierce. He's saying LeBron James is not in his top five.
1: <laughs> ah, he's bitter. He's bitter.
0: Is, is, is it, can, can he really say that? Or is he just straight salt? He's hating. He is hating. He's for hating for
1: real. He's always yeah. so on, on these shows saying, I ain't calling no man king and blah, blah, blah. He's so bitter. What's he so bitter for, man? You got know. your title, right? You got everybody to come play with you in Boston, all right? Uh Your record against LeBron is like thirty-three and thirty-four. So LeBron's only got one game on your all-time record. Maybe that's Pierce sees himself as as their peers. He don't see people as better than him. You know what I mean? That's really what it comes down to. But to not have LeBron in your top five, I mean, come on, Pierce, come on. You're supposed to be paid as an analyst of opinion. Like, have a real opinion. Like, have some sense of. Object, object, objectivity. When you're doing this stuff, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Absolute craziness, absolute craziness. So, is going to be what's all said the top two in, in in career scoring. He's going to be probably potentially top five in assist. He's been so far. I think the nine the nine finals. He's won three. You know, he has a possibility of going to go a few more to Lakers, and he's going to be seen as. I'd say probably top two player, top three player of all time between Jordan, Kobe, and him. I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect Bill Russell or I guess mostly Bill Russell. You know, you got to put him up there, all his championships and what he did and how he changed the game. But, and Kareem, you know, no one can use the unstoppable force as far as that. But, man, you know, I think he's got to be top three when it's all said and done.
1: Oh, I can. You could argue he's the top athlete of all time. I don't know if anybody's ever had his combination of side speeds, speed, and coordination. I mean, he's the ultimate freak.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. So yeah, well, yeah. Pierce Peyton, dude, hard.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and he always he can't help himself.
0: No, he you can't. Know? He can't. So, all right. Today, I only not know what time so It's probably on right now. Uh, Tiger and Peyton are taking on Phil and Brady. Who are you taking?
1: I'm taking uh, Tiger and Peyton. I, I don't. I, yeah. Yeah, because I'm not a big Mickelson fan. I think he's going to choke.
0: Gonna I, I'm choke? actually
1: thinking he's going to choke. I think Brady's going to go out there and outplay him. Brady will have the best round of the four because that's just what he does. And right? he owns Peyton Manning. But at the end of the day, Mickelson's going to let him down and he'll have the worst of the four. And Tiger. Ty- <laughs> and Manning will squeak it out. Man, I I don't know. I I think I'm
0: going going Phil. I'm going Phil and Brady. That's that's what I'm going with, Phil and Brady. So we have opposing points of views. I think Brady's going to show up. I saw Brady in his practice swings. He's looking good. He's got the knee brace on. He's ready to go. He's fired up. He's ready to hit him straight and knock him down, get him up and down real quick. So I know I have faith in in Brady. You know, Michigan guy, you know, can't go wrong with him. I'm going to stick with him. Brady and Phil. All right,
1: that's what we'll see we'll, we'll see how it goes next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you said it earlier. There's not much, much as far as sports are right now, but are you watching Korean baseball? No fans in the stands. If you wake up at six o'clock in the morning, they're on, they're live, and it's the best thing we have for live sports right now. So, what are your thoughts?
1: Oh, I can't do it. I tried. I can't do it. <laughs> I
0: can't even. <either. laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I tried. tried. That's how desperate I am. Is that I tried? I just can't do it. I, I can't even do it. I, that's all I can say about this. <laughs> I, I feel happy for the players. Like, can you imagine playing in the Korean Baseball League right now, knowing your games are now broadcasted live on ESPN the United States? I'd be falling out, man. I'd yeah, be turning out my shit. best games ever. Yeah, hey, that,
0: that'd be my chance to get back to to get to the majors, man. I, I'm trying to come back trying to come back. So I'm doing the same thing, balling out for sure. And you
1: know all the scouts and stuff right now are focused on that league. I mean if you're over there in Korea right now, now's your chance more than ever or any time ever. Yeah. Is right now.
0: For sure. For sure. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I just I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm ready. I'm ready for sports to come back. I know NBA's talking about playing the rest of their season at the ESPN Wild World Sports Complex there at Disney. Um they're talking about there might be like two weeks leading up to the playoffs or they might start with the playoffs. They're still, they're still trying to figure things out as far as that. But, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And I still think it's going to be a team from the West. I know you're saying some going to be Clippers. I think it's going to probably be Lakers. But uh, we'll
1: have to see. The only thing that's going to suck about that being down in Disney is when after Kawhi Leonard whoops on LeBron, you know, wins the best, you know, I'd say in five or six games that he can't hold up that – Western Conference Trophy right on L.A.'s court in front of everybody. <laughs> that's probably the only thing I'm going to be sad about. But if it gets back going again in Disney, man, I'm, I'm down with it. I'm ready for some NBA. You know I love some NBA. I got to be the oh, yeah. person who does. But I'm ready
0: for it. Nah, NBA playoffs though, like I, you know that you know they're playing for real then. I mean, that's that's high quality basketball. You can't you can't pass that up. So
1: yeah, I should say I'm the only person that loves the regular season, but yeah, yeah. there are fans for the postseason.
0: All right. That, that that's probably true, man. That's probably true. So all right, what do we got, man? I think it's on you. I think it's on you.
1: Oh yeah, oh. we're getting back to our favorite segment, right? <laughs> <laughs> Podcast is all about. If you learn anything from this podcast, this is where you learn. All right. He's got his relax and take notes. We got our how we doing. We got our topics, but this is ultimately what Rel wants to get across to you and everybody else out there. It's what's in your back left pocket, right? <laughs> and that's what Rel wants to tell you. And he's got his daily lesson, his weekly lesson right now. All right, well, what do you got? Yeah, That's- hey,
0: players, athletes, foreign athletes, don't do something to mess with your money. And Ryan Leaf, he did this dumbest thing ever because he had the comeback story. He came out, he was out of college, he was a top two pick, then he was a bust in the NFL draft, then his life went to hell, he was on drugs, he was in prison, and then he rebuilt that. He ended up getting a job. He was at ESPN being a broadcaster, and he could have had that. Probably till he retired, honestly, because I mean, he was a quarterback, so he has some knowledge. He knows what's going on, and you know he they like the feel good story and the things going well. What does he do? He goes out and he gets arrested on domestic battery, dude. Why you had the comeback story? You were there. You had it. You had done it. You had climbed back up the mountain and you had gotten to relevancy in pro sports. You know, you're announcing best of the best. You're broadcasting. You were right there. And then to do something stupid, stupid, like I told you, like he would almost been better off, like relapsing, you know, with drugs or something like that. But no, domestic battery. I don't know the full story. I don't know what's happened. All I know is he got arrested for it. He, he posted bail and got out on it or whatever. But, man, after this, like his career is probably over. You know, he, this is his chance and he probably lost it. I don't know. what do uh, you think? I,
1: Whatever happened, right. Whatever, whatever happened, he had himself in a situation that he shouldn't have been in. Right. Right. Of course, people could see my face. When I, I couldn't believe when I seen this article, I really couldn't. I had to click on it. You know, it's up there and it, Everybody's reading it, right? Like you said, ultimate comeback story is on the pack. He is a Pac twelve legend. I mean, he's a great player. Oh yeah. And the stuff he went through, and then go out and get a domestic violence. Where well, there's no details on it. Doesn't say if it's a woman. Doesn't say anything. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything other than he's charged with it.
0: Yeah, that's it- all.
1: But like. Come on, man! Come on! You were like people are rooting for you, like, and eh, eh, some people just don't learn. I, I don't know what to say about this. This one, like, is just blows my mind. You hope that you hope
0: that deep down you hope that there's some kind of just misunderstanding or something. You hope, but odds are it's not. It's not, yeah. and you're just not getting the full story. Just like the whole thing back then with Ray Rice. You're hoping that it wasn't as bad as what it sounded. You're hoping that it was just like some kind of accident in place. Then you saw a video of what really happened. And it's like, no, he punched his wife straight up like a dude. I like, feel like a comic. That will under. be
1: the poster moment of this domestic violence right. situation.
0: That's the real like, that's the realness of a, it.
1: Yeah, it's been a problem, but just like anything until some until someone actually sees it. Like, uh, unbelievable, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, you, 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 don't, you don't know the full extent what's going on behind closed doors or when you see arrested for domestic battery or whatever, unless you see the video, unless you were there in person, know exactly what happened and what the other person went through. You just, you just don't know, you just don't know. So, that's a force situation. Once again, athletes, don't put yourself in a situation to mess with your money. You know, like like Dane's coach said, you know, it's it's if it's happening after midnight, probably best not to be there. It's just what it is. You know, people putting themselves in bad situations, especially athletes, these young athletes that are out there making the money, getting that new money, they are getting that fresh shine, they getting a little bit of fame, get people climbing all over them. Hey, calm it down. Don't do something to mess with your money. You want to stack that paper for as long as possible because you're not be able to make money like that forever. So yeah, that's, that's, yeah, my that's right.
1: So that's our weekly, that's REL's weekly. Don't mess with your money instant. learn. Listen and learn, listen and learn.
0: Hey, I just hope that one week that we won't have something like this in the news. I'm not counting on it. though. I'm sure there's be something out there we can find where some athlete does something stupid and mess with their money.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's happening all the time. So uh, like you said, hopefully one day this segment will be a good segment.
0: Yeah, hopefully, man. Hopefully, so, man. Hey, we moved through pretty good, dude. You know, we we had a good time. It's fun. Um, I know you're going through changes at work a little bit, so we had to push things back. But you know, we adjust, we modify, we make it happen. So it's all good, man. We Appreciate you coming out once again.
1: No, like I said, thanks for having me. Good talking, uh We'll do it again.
0: Yeah, for sure. I say if you want to hit us up, hit me up. Uh, At Franchise11.22 on Twitter. For Dane, at D. DeMayo. Um, For me on Instagram, at TerrellDewain11. Facebook, Terrell Cummings. Love me up. Find me. We want your opinion. We want to hear from you. And until then, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Hey everybody, this is your favorite segment of the show, relax and take notes. And on this Memorial Day weekend, just want to remember um, you know what the weekend is really for. I know everybody gets together and they have their cookouts and they hang out with their families and everything, but you remember those those men and women that died for, for our country? I know we have different political views and everybody has a different arguments about that but we can't say that we don't live in the best country in the world um, you know obviously we want to figure everything out between us and the divide that we do have but I wouldn't want to live in any other place remember those individuals remember those soldiers that died for us for all of us to live the, the way we, the way that we do and have the choice that we're able to make so remember that you know enjoy the time with your loved ones remember that for everybody that's involved and um, like I said We have fun on the show today. We look forward to the next week. We hope you do too. So until then, we'll talk to you soon. Later.